0: Mark chapter 1, our scripture reading this morning comes from verses 40 through 45, and it reads like this, and a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. This is the word of God. You may be seated.
1: Well, good morning. Glad that you are here this morning. If you would take your copy of God's word and turn to the book of Mark, we are going to conclude his first chapter here this morning. Well, as... Pastor Mark prepares uh, these studies and specifically when we were going through Galatians and then Acts and now through the book of Mark, he's got on his whiteboard uh, all the Sundays just listed out for a long time and and what the breakdowns are for passages, uh, the verses and chapters and things and then puts a little C next to the ones that are mine. (laughs) And I was noticing on this first round here in chapter 1, there's like 45 verses, and you just giving me five? There's, like, there's not a whole lot to go on in five verses. And as I read through it, I'm like, okay, there's a leper. He has to get healed. He gets healed. End of story. This is going to be a short, short message. So uh, if you have your ovens prepared for a noon lunch, you're going to be there early. But then I remembered I am a Baptist preacher, so you might still be home late. Uh, But uh, anyway, as I was going through these five verses and thinking, okay, there's not a lot there, there actually is a ton. And uh, as I'm going word for word through this and looking at what these various words means, how it applies to the text for them, uh, and then also translating what that means for us and how that applies to our own life, I'm thinking... Do I get a two parter? Can I come back next? So we can do part two. And no, we're going to we'll, we'll try to get it all here in these next uh, 30 minutes as best we can. But uh, as you heard read for you, starting in the very beginning of verse 40, I got hung up on that third word. It says, and a leper. I got hung up on that word for a minute. Uh, because as I spent a lot of time going through and studying through this, uh, I, I was plagued with my Sunday school upbringing and visualizing the leper through flannel graph. You guys remember that? Flannel graph? Okay, some of you have been taught by it, and some of you have taught with it. right? And as I think about the flannel graph person, it's a real regular person with green spots on them. So I think of flannel Leprosy is somebody that's got some green chicken pox or something, uh, but apparently they were considered unclean and had to be away from everybody. And that's about the extent uh, of my knowledge of it. And then I start really reading through some things, and I want to, to give you some of that picture here this morning because it's very important for us to have that understanding of what leprosy really is to give us the context of what's actually happening here. Because if you just think of it as a flannel-graft chicken pox, then you're not going to take away the the deep meanings and truths that God is trying to communicate to us through this passage. So uh, listen with me, if you will. Uh, R.C. Sproul's put it this way as giving us kind of a background of leprosy, and he, he puts it this way. If you were a Jew in the ancient world... And you woke up one morning with a strange appearance on your skin, you would stri- it would strike terror into your heart. First, you were required to go to the priest who, using the guidance of God's word, determined whether this outbreak in your flesh was a harmless skin affliction or whether it was leprosy. If it was leprosy, that not only meant that you had a dreadful physical malady that probably would be with you for the rest of your life, it was the worst possible announcement that you could hear with respect to your fellowship with your home, the community, and the assembly. If you found to excuse me, if you were found to have leprosy. You were deemed to be not just unwell, not just sick, but you were deemed to be unclean. Leprosy could not be healed in the ancient world, so lepers were cast out of the covenant community. You were not allowed near the temple and could not enter the gates of Jerusalem. You had to live alone without the fellowship of family members and friends. Now that might sound a little bit more familiar to us than we would think, Uh, considering the things that have taken place in our own world over this last year. You think that uh, being uh, quarantined for a period of time or not being able to see people is is a bad thing, Uh, and it is, and and it's been a struggle for a lot of us. But for the most part uh, today, you could still go to the grocery store. You could still at least see people in some way, shape, or form. But in this case, back in the ancient days with leprosy, which... Uh, We have now since uh, learned that Hansen's disease is the more common name for it, and we've got cures and things of that nature. But in ancient times, there was no cure. And when you had it, you were totally exiled, excommunicated from everyone that you know and love. One commentator uh, said that if you had leprosy and you were standing upwind, you needed to be no closer than 100 cubics away And if you were downwind, you could get as close as three cubics, but you were still, you know, we still had social distancing, apparently, back then in the ancient times. Kent Hughes goes on to give us a little bit more of a picture besides just the excommunication of it all, what its effects on you socially. What about yourself? This disease acts as an anesthetic. It brings numbness to your extremities as well as to your ears, eyes, and nose. The devastation that follows comes from such incidents as reaching one's hand into the coal fire to retrieve a dropped potato, or washing one's face with scalding hot water, or gripping a tool so tightly that the hands became traumatized and eventually stump-like. The poor man here in our story had not been able to feel For years, and his body was full of leprosy, mutilated from head to foot, rotten, stinking, repulsive. Those are words that don't sound appetizing right at the moment. But I I read these to you because I want us to have a true understanding of what this is and what's going on in this passage. Because again, if you're thinking from a flannel graft, chicken pox kind of mentality, then this story loses some of its depth. Depth. So with that as our template and beginning of our time, let's continue with the passage. So here is a leper. The leper came to him, that is Jesus. The leper came to Jesus, imploring him or urging him, and kneeling, said to him. So we can see first, we see this word kneeling. He is humble before Jesus, recognizing who Jesus is He is humble before him and then makes this request. Uh, This section of five verses are broken up into four uh, segments. The first one we see is the leper's request. We're going to see the Lord's response to him. And then they're going to flip roles and then the Lord's going to make a request. And then we're going to see the leper's response. So starting here with the leper's request, humbly kneeling before him, he says, If you will, you can make me clean. If you will, it's important to recognize what he said and how he said it right here because he did not go up to Jesus and say, I've heard that you can do things. Can you do this for me too? Uncertain if he even had the ability. This is a man who knows the abilities of Jesus and humbly comes before hoping it's his will that this will happen. How do you come before the Lord? With your prayers and petitions. Do you come before a, a God that you're not sure if he can? Or do you come before a God in a humble state, knowing that he can and hoping he will? He knows that he's able, but he doesn't know if Jesus is willing. So if you will, Jesus, you can make me clean. There's our first part of the quest. We make requests of the Lord. Do we know that he can? Secondly, we see that he's moved with pity. Jesus is moved with pity. Now, uh, as you look through that word pity or moved with compassion, this word actually means he was moved by anger. Now, you might be like, wait a minute, what? What? Because compassion and pity and anger don't really seem like they're the same thing, and they're really not. But what's taking place here is that Jesus sees this man completely overwhelmed with leprosy. And yes, he has compassion, he has pity on the man. But this word here is actually translated anger because when he sees this man, he is moved by this anger, this uh, righteous indignation toward sin. That's that's what he's feeling right at this moment when he sees this man. Now now you're wondering, what does sin have to do with anything? Well, many of the commentators I was reading through in my study referenced uh, uh, Warren Wiersbe at this point, and I'd like to read you a a section from that uh, as far as it relates to here. He says that when you read the tests for leprosy described in Leviticus 3, you can see how the disease, leprosy, is a picture of sin itself. This is why it's important to not see the flannel graph. Leprosy is a picture of sin itself. Like sin, leprosy is deeper than the skin. It spreads, it defiles, it isolates, and it renders things fit only for the fire. Destruction. Anyone who has never trusted the Savior is spiritually in a worse shape than this man is physically right now. So, sin, as we listen through this whole message, I challenge you to think through leprosy and sin being the pictures here. God sees the sin, or excuse me, God sees what sin has caused to the perfect creation that was very good in Genesis. That because of us, mankind's rebellion in chapter three brought sin and death into the world. And now we're seeing this disease, what it is doing to this body. And it is causing Jesus anger at the sin, but feeling the pity and feeling compassion for the man. We, we recognize this, whether you, you think you do or not, we, we recognize this feeling, this struggle, because I've heard it in this very room before. As somebody has stood before you and going through prayer requests or or prayer needs or whatever and made comments about, uh, I I remember very specifically, that uh, Russ Lauder has passed away. And then uh, this last week or the week before, talking about uh, Tim Blazer and his family and what's going on with his body and how close to death he he was and still is. And then I'm sitting back there as I'm listening and, and I hear quietness. And then I hear this when those words are uttered, I hear mm. you know what I'm talking about? You're struggling with this same thing. you have these same feelings. it's this compassion and pity towards what's happening to the individual but the anger towards sin that is result or excuse me is what is causing this. If there was no sin in the world, then we would not be worried about COVID-19 we would not be worried about leprosy we would not be worried about cancer, none of it. But because of that sin, death enters the world. Sin, disease, all these things. This is why for those of you that are in this room and you're a follower of Jesus Christ today and have a hope of eternal salvation and living for all of eternity in heaven one day where there is no sickness, no death, no tears, no crying, that is just like, come now! Jesus sees this man filled with compassion and pity, but anger towards what sin has done to his perfect creation. And then look at this. This is why I read for you the the social uh, exile that takes place because of leprosy. Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. He stretched out his hand and touched him. His his mutilated flesh, the, the disgustingness of it all, Think back to March and April when we didn't know a whole lot about COVID nineteen, and we started having all of these uh, things placed upon us in distancing and quarantines and stuff like that. Uh, if you knew that there was somebody with COVID right here next to you, you would be like, "Oh, uh-uh. like I need, I need six feet or more. Where's my mask? I need, I need something because you didn't want to catch it." I could just see the, the apostles standing back here uh, watching this, and they're like, dude, dude, he is getting way too close to you. He needs to he needs, give space. Why? There, I, this is my own Chris Howard, okay, my, 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 my words here. I'm thinking that the disciples didn't care so much about the leper as they did Jesus. We don't want you to get near Jesus, because if you get too close, if you touch him, he's unclean. And then we don't have a teacher. What are we going to do? Jesus knows more than the disciples, and we see that time and time again throughout the, the Gospels. Jesus recognizes something far deeper, far greater, and is communicating something far more to this man with a simple touch. He's communicating, hey, I'm here. I know what you're going through. I want you to feel my love, my care. Let me reach out and touch you and express that. My goodness, when we have these six-foot whatever's and things, it was the hardest thing for me as a youth pastor to not be with my teens. To not be with you. Pastor Mark, and I've mentioned it before, preaching to an empty room on a Saturday to record it to show out on Sunday we didn't like that at all. It's just empty, staring right there at that red dot. God created us for community, to be with people. Jesus reached out to give him that touch. Just remember that first hug that you got post quarantine stuff? I mean, just do you remember that? It was like the greatest thing in the world. Do you realize just how much we need touch? Jesus reached out and touched him. And then he said something. First, he's communicating with that touch, and then his words come out and says, I will be clean." You see the parallel here between lepers and sinners. The leper came before Jesus and knew that Jesus could cure him, but would he? He was uncertain. He had no certainty as to what Jesus was going to do. As a sinner, on the other hand, we we are sure that God can save us, but also that God will save us. From our sins. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says that God is not wishing that any should perish. First Timothy 2 4, he says uh, that he desires all to be saved. Romans 10 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be what? Saved. There is certainty here that we have from Scripture that if we come before the Lord, if we confess our sins, First John 1, 9, He is faithful and just to forgive them. Not, oh, let me uh, consult with the rest of the Trinity here for a minute. We'll draw straws, cast lots, and see if uh, you're worthy of forgiveness. No, you will be saved. See, sin is a creepy thing. It can have you believe one of two things. Sin can have you believing that you're not a sinner at all. Oh, I'm fine. Postmodernism at, at its greatest here, right? Okay? I can decide what is right and wrong for myself and therefore determine if you know, I'm wrong, sinner, or not. Sin can also cloud our judgment and have us believing that if we do get to a point of recognizing that we're a sinner, we go so far beyond that, we we think that we're not capable of being saved. I mean, think about all of the stuff that I have done. How can God forgive me for all this? I have a hard time forgiving my fill-in-the-blank. I have a hard time forgiving my wife for not telling me that that oil light was on for two months. I just made that up. She didn't really do that, right? (laughs) I'll paraphrase here, but we've heard this before from Keller that we are never so good that we don't need God's grace, and we're never so bad that we can't have it. Where the leper hesitates here or is uncertain, we can have certainty. We know the gospel, we know Jesus' heart. We see in Mark chapter 10, verse 45 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ came to save, to seek and save the lost, Luke 19 tells us. Be cleaned. If you come before the Lord and you confess your sins, you ask him to forgive you, he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will reach out, he will touch you, and he will make you whole. Now we get to verse 42, and we see a word that uh, Pastor Mark has mentioned a number of times because Mark, the writer, uses it a lot. Now just for kicks and giggles, it says here, And immediately. Uh, I looked this up, and this word immediately is used 89 times in all of Scripture. 89. Of that, 40%, 36 times, it's used in this one book alone. There's 66 books in the Bible. 40% of his usage of this word immediately is right here in Mark, and of those 36, that's a quarter, are used in this first chapter alone. Mark likes this word but it has some very, very significant meaning here and for us. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. I want to encourage you, I want to encourage me, don't miss the power of the word of God. Jesus' words are powerful. He spoke it. It do Right? Jesus said, let there be light. Light. Jesus said, peace be still. Storm gone. Jesus says, rise, they stand. Jesus says, have technical difficulties, it happens. Thank you, I heard that giggle. That was cute. The leprosy left his body. He was made clean. Folks, this is what happens for us as sinners. We come before the Lord and we confess to him that we need him as our Savior. We recognize the sin in our own life. He'll make us clean. Verse 43, we get now to the leper's request. Yeah, no, sorry. We get to the Lord's request and the leper's response. Flipping gears. Now, Jesus' request here in verse 43, Jesus sternly charges him and sent him away at once. So he sternly charges. So he, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time healing the guy and then interacting with him and uh, you know, taking him out to lunch and doing various things. No, he, he heals him and then immediately, I'm going to say immediately, it doesn't say it here, but we know how Mark talks, and so I'm, I'm betting that it's probably his mindset here. Jesus sternly charges him and he, he goes. He's commanded to go. Sternly charges. Now, I've done that before. Have you ever given a stern charge to anyone? Maybe your kid, right? And like Jesus, when you speak, immediately they obey. Yeah? Man, we've been having fun with Kenzie lately. My goodness. Kenzie, go pick up your toys, please. No. Kenzie, come give me hugs. No. It's time to go to bed. Go give mom hugs and kisses. No. Well, I guess that you and I just don't have the same power and command with our words that Jesus does. But here, Jesus is sternly charging, giving him instruction, telling him what to do. Now, the thing that I learn as a parent that, that God has given to us as mankind is this thing called free will. And so we, we don't always respond the way God wants us to? Our children don't always respond the way that we would have for them to respond? Well, news flash, neither is this guy, but we'll see that in a second. He sternly charges him and sent him away at once and said to him, verse 44, See that you say nothing to anyone. We've seen this picture before back in earlier verses as Jesus is telling, through some exorcism, is telling these demons, you know, to shut up, right, and and be gone. Why? Because the demons know Jesus and and, and who he is and what he is and what's going to happen and Jesus doesn't want that out in that fashion. Here's the first time that Mark records for us where Jesus actually tells a human being here, hey, don't tell anybody about me. Why? Well, every leper from here to there, we'll hear this news and we'll want to flood to wherever Jesus is and beg him for healing, physical healing, right? Pastor Mark mentioned to us previously about how we can get so fixated on what God can do for us that we miss the real big picture. We're so focused on getting all of this uh, sickness cleansed from my body that I'm ignoring the sin virus that is attacking my very soul that's why jesus is here jesus didn't come to heal the sick sure that's something that he did but that's not why he came jesus wouldn't have had time to do what he came for otherwise so say nothing but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing or excuse me offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them Jesus puts some focus and attention here on the law he's telling him Moses through God used Moses to convey the law to you and there is is a ceremonial process for being cleansed here or being uh, proven that you're cleansed getting your discharge papers uh, your your clean bill of health and Jesus came, and he wanted to make sure that they knew that hey, the law is still important, right? We may be living under grace here today, folks, but the law still matters. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou, okay, the law, Ten Commandments, we we're, we're tend to know. Okay, we don't follow them for our salvation, but because we're saved, we choose to follow them. The law is still important. He wants to convey here that it's still important. Verse 45, we see now the leper's response. He says, But he went out and began to freely talk about it. Went out and freely began to talk about what Jesus just did. Now, I find some irony here because God tells him, Keep quiet, don't tell anybody. And as believers today, God tells us to go tell everybody and we keep quiet. Am I wrong? We have good news to share, that God wants us to share, that we have been cleansed from our sin, and that others can be too, and can have an eternity in heaven with God forever. But this man, he goes out to spread the news, the verse tells us. This news is, is spread the word of what happened. This is not a gospel thing. He just went out to tell what Jesus just did to heal his physical body. We are called to go out and share the good news for what God has done for our souls. Because he went out to spread this news, Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. So again, Jesus would enter a town. He would be flocked. He, he couldn't get around. So, so he, he, I guess I got to go back to the desolate place like I did in verse 35. And like verse 35, people found him. And here we find that in those desolate places, people are still going to find him from every quarter. Mark 7, 24 tells us that Jesus could not escape notice whether he was in town or he was not. He couldn't escape notice. And so the convicting question I have for you and I have for me as I close here this morning is this. How about in your life? Does Jesus go unnoticed to those around you? Do do people see the effects of Jesus in your life? Or, Or do they just see that, you know, the... The green chicken pox are gone. What do they see? Do they see a person that has been changed from the inside out? Do they see something different? Do they see Jesus? Because after all, that's what people should see. They should see Jesus in you. Christian, little Christ. We are to reflect Christ to those around us. Don't allow Jesus to escape notice in your life for those around you. Father, I pray this morning, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for, in the midst of our decrepit, sinful state, that you loved us anyway. And you showed us, you demonstrated that love by reaching out and touching our very souls. God, this picture of the leper and you, how we see that you switched places with him. You substituted for him. Whereas he was in a desolate place and you are around everybody, you healed his physical body so that he could be with everybody and you could be in the desolate place. And you do that for us. You see us in our, in our sin, sorrow, and shame, and you substitute for us and give us your forgiveness, your righteousness, and your holiness. I pray, God, that that has truly affected us more so than just on the surface, but there is an inward change in our life. We have been affected by you. And God, I pray that the world would take notice, not of Chris Howard, not of the individual, but they would take notice of you. We speak of diseases and how they can be so infectious. God, I pray that you can be infectious. You are infectious. Help us to go and spread this good news, this gospel, today, this week, this month, year, and for the rest of our lives, God. Thank you so much for not only providing physical healing for bodies, but more so than that, God, I thank you for providing for us the antidote, the the cleansing, the healing that only you can for our spiritual self. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.